0: Coach Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash LifeCoachRadio. And now, here's today's show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show on Leveraging LinkedIn with my special guest, Lucinda Rook. I'm Teresa Sebastian, a coach, speaker, Huffington Post writer, and co-owner of Stop, Smile, Breathe Women's Retreats. And I am a certified life and leadership coach for women, and I hold my certification through the International Coaching Federation. My passion is helping women break free from being stuck, overwhelmed, and stressed, mainly in their professional lives and also in the area of life balance, to live a life of passion, purpose, joy, and fulfillment. You can find out more about me and what I do on my website at www.charissasebastian.com. So let's get into today's discussion sponsored by Audible.com. Have you ever wondered what it takes to stand out and have the edge on LinkedIn? Well, my guest and LinkedIn expert, Lucinda Rook, is here to discuss just that. Lucinda, welcome.
1: Well, thank you, Sharissa. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited with what you have to share with us today. Would you like to take a few moments to introduce yourself?
1: Well, let's see. I am um, a LinkedIn expert certified by Integrated Alliances. I've been with LinkedIn since 2005. I've been certified since 2008. And I especially love helping people break through that glass ceiling. You talked about you know, people in their careers and that sort – well, I like to work with small businesses and professionals in developing their LinkedIn and meeting their challenges.
0: Perfect. Yeah, and like you said, it's such a valuable skill to have, and LinkedIn is such a huge platform it's so much to offer, and it really pays to know how to leverage it. So I'm so excited that you're going to be sharing some of your genius with us today, Lucinda. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh, no problem. So before we jump in, I'd like to invite our listeners to call in with any comments or questions. The number to call is 646-716-9397, again that number is 646-716-9397 and we would love to hear from you. So Lucena, let, let me start off by asking you, what makes you unique in your field?
1: Good question. The easiest one is, I have several answers, but the easiest one is, is it's always good to know somebody that's connected at the top, right? So Mm -hmm. one of my unique features is I actually know one of the co-founders of LinkedIn. And in addition, my instructor who certified me on LinkedIn actually knows another one of the five co-founders of LinkedIn. So that's one niche. Um, the second one is is I mentioned I'm integrated alliance certified in LinkedIn, and I'm one of only eight in all of North America and perhaps even the world because, um, well, basically because LinkedIn has now said thou shall not certify on behalf of our name. So that's one of the uh, two things that makes me unique. The third is is I. Have an MBA and an extensive—I'll say—30 years management consulting years with uh, Fortune 100s and global 500 companies around the world. And the other, the fourth thing is, is I started teaching the business usage of LinkedIn long before it was ever thought of being used for businesses. It was way back in 2008 when it was still being thought of as a Let's match the resume to the job opening. So it was a job seeker recruiter tool. And instead, I realized it's like a free website for small businesses. So that's four things that makes me unique compared to other social media experts.
0: Oh, fantastic. That is some really great experience that you have and qualifications, and of course, like you said, the connection with one of the founders of, or co-founders of LinkedIn really um, helps as well, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, actually, let's, let's go there right now. How do you know the, one of those co-founders, um, Lucinda? That's really fantastic.
1: Well, actually, he was visiting Dallas a few years ago, and he was a keynote speaker, And unbeknownst to me, earlier in the day, him and I sat together in different classes and and got to know each other. And then lo and behold, there he was, the keynote speaker at lunch. And then throughout the day, we kept meeting and sitting together. And and finally, at the end of the day, I felt like I knew him well enough. And I said, I asked Eric Lee, I said, have you ever been to Dallas before? And he said, no. I said, oh. And then all of a sudden... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my personality, I guess, came out. And I said, hmm, how would you like to come back to Dallas and be a keynote speaker if I put together a seminar? And he surprised me. He looked me right in the eye and said, sure, I'll do it. So lo and behold, you know, have you ever had one of those moments where you just want to hit the replay or re- rewind <laughs> button? <laughs> I had one of those moments where I go, can I really just invite the co-founder of LinkedIn to Dallas? Oh my goodness! And so we quickly became friends. And I put on a seminar, and you can you know Google it if you want. Uh, it was called Socially Savvy Seminar, and brought him to Dallas in 2010. And Jeff Crilly and his camera crew recorded it all, and Jeff Critty, Crilly interviewed Eric Lee on stage, and then we had several of the breakout speakers and all that. So it was like the most exciting. Thing, and yet to this day, Eric is still, I mean, although he's, you know, the co-founder of LinkedIn, which is worth millions and billions of dollars, right, he's still like a real person and a true friend.
0: What a great story. And one of the things that really stood out for me from what you just said, Lucinda, is that it was in that moment where you just let your personality shine through and made that connection and just you know took a chance and it paid off obviously really really well so that's that is really great i'm definitely going to look that up well what
1: is it called Uh, letting your personality lead you through the door i think that was breaking through some glass ceiling somewhere
0: (laughs) there you go yes and that makes sense to me that that's that's part of your passion is helping people to you know to do just that
1: right right Well, and if you don't try it, it'll never happen. And so part of me was going, did I really just ask him that? And then the other part of me was
0: like, yes,
1: you can do it.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. Mm. Yeah, and the fact that it paid off, obviously, is a testament to the fact that you did the right thing, right, in that moment. Great. So let's talk about uh, – sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I'd always been the speaker on stage – not really the organizer of a big event like that. So part of me was like, yes, you can do it. And the other part of me was like, oh, my gosh, now you got to make it happen.
0: <laughs> so, it was well, I'm amazing. sure it was, an, it was a great long... experience to also put something like it, that together, knowing that you have one of the co-founders of LinkedIn as your keynote speaker. Oh, yes, 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 great experience. hmm so I'm actually also really curious about the LinkedIn certification that you have through, is it Integrated Alliance? Right, right. So
1: some things come to you because you plan them, and some things just accidentally show up in your life, right? So back in 2008, I had come off the road from traveling so much for my global management consulting experience and decided to help small businesses and one of the fellow business coaches he's also a professor at TCU and he teaches the experiential semester for the MBA program and he called me and he says Lucinda how would you like to come over and join us for I don't remember what day but a certain day and time for a speaker an expert to come in from LinkedIn and teach us all about LinkedIn and my first response was no T.C. is too far away it's Fort Worth I live in North Dallas it's just no forget it I'm not looking for a job I don't want to and he says how about dinner and wine I said okay I'll be there but it was one of those things where Yeah, it was one of those things where TCU had invited in Michael Neal from Integrated Alliances to come in and teach the graduating juniors and seniors about LinkedIn, because back then it really was focused on a job seeker and recruiting uh, focus. And so every graduating senior needs to know LinkedIn. And so what happened was it was getting to be the end of the semester, and when they took a look at who, what, which students were coming, there was going to be a bunch of empty seats. So my fellow business coach was really just trying to find someone to fill a seat. That's really the whole story. And I went over there, and about halfway through Michael Mills' presentation of training, I realized, oh my goodness, this is like a free website for businesses, and not just the business owner. But also, all of the employees that work for them are like little miniature billboards. And it was near and dear to my heart because one of my business owners had just fired two website designers in a row and was considering firing the third one because they couldn't get it right. It took too long. They turned in their design. It came back. It wasn't what they what they envisioned or at least what they thought they had uh, said that they wanted. And so it was just a culmination of things. And so at the end of that session with Michael Neal, we all went to dinner, as promised, remember. (laughs) And um, as we were sitting there around the table, I asked the other business coaches, I said, so how many of you guys have clients that are on LinkedIn? And I, I admitted, I didn't know if mine were or not. So we all decided we'd go out and find out. So we surveyed 110 Dallas business owners here in the Metroplex and learned that kind of four might have heard of it or maybe has a log on, but hadn't done anything with it. So net-net of the whole story is is by February, the four of us business coaches, we went on to Denver and got certified in the rest of the training, worked with Mike O'Neill on all of it, Came back, and in February, we put on our first training course here in Dallas. And lo and behold, we must have oversold that because out of the 110, we had 48 show up for class. (laughs) And it was like, really? I mean, we had such a great turnout. And back then, all of the successes about LinkedIn or around or in regards to LinkedIn was all about Somebody getting a job. Oh, I've got a job again. Oh, i got another job through LinkedIn. And it was all about getting a job. And instead, ours from way back in 2008 was really about helping our business owners and, and their staff, their business development people, learn how to get business through LinkedIn. So a lot of my history, success stories or whatever starts way back when when we had nothing to go on and we actually – started creating strategies and trying to get work. And when we got our first sales, we were ecstatic. We were like, wow, this really does work. (laughs) So that's been a long time in making, but we have certainly, certainly enjoyed it.
0: That is fantastic, and it sounds like you've gotten at right, you know, the right time to be able to really leverage the opportunities that you had so that going forward you could really set something up to help so many more people, and of course LinkedIn now has grown enormously and is, um, is really the, the go-to platform in terms of, um, for, you know, for professionals as well as for business owners as well.
1: Oh, yes, yes, and it keeps growing. It, it, it's now growing Absolutely. at a faster rate than Facebook is.
0: Incredible. That is really incredible. So and one of the things that came to mind as you were talking is um, the way that I have leveraged uh, LinkedIn in the past. In fact, most of my opportunities have come through LinkedIn when I was working back in the corporate world. But the interesting thing as well is, and I never even realized this, um, when I started my own business, I just updated my profile initially. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll just update my profile. I didn't think about it in terms of lever- leveraging it for business. But um, over the last couple of years, I've realized just how valuable it is. For uh, you know, on the business side of things, so I'm excited for you to share a little bit about that as well as we you know as we go through and uh, continue the discussion, because uh, I think a lot of people, like you said earlier, really think of it in terms of looking for your next job, um, not so much for growing a business, especially if you're a small business owner. But it really has so much value, and there's so much you can do um, with that platform.
1: Definitely, definitely. So. So it's, it's for job seekers, and it's definitely for business owners and, and business development professionals. But it's also for the career-minded person, going back to like when you were in the corporate world, most mm-hmm. people don't realize that they should be growing that network and growing that, all the relationships and all of that back while they're still in that corporate position. Because a lot of people... All of a sudden, they get transitioned out of their work one day. You know, one day they get the notice, the pink slip. And then all of a sudden, they realize, oh, I wished I'd been on LinkedIn. Oh, I wished I'd been working it all these years. Then they would have had a great network to work with. But usually what happens is somebody gets the pink slip, and then they jump into, well, how do I go looking for a job? And then someone tells them, go to LinkedIn. And then they're kind of in this constant... Hurry up and catch up mode, and it's it's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's a great place to go, LinkedIn, to find a job. But I mean, because ninety six percent of all recruiters hire through LinkedIn, so it's a great place to go. I'm not saying it's not. It's just start now. Even if you're comfortable and you think you'll never be laid off, get serious. It's time to start now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, you just going off that percentage alone, that's a huge chunk. 96% is a, you know, it's a big number and it never hurts to to start early. And right. I think a lot of it right. also goes back. And I'm just thinking about like conversations. You know, when I was back in the corporate world, um, a lot of people have this this fear around putting yourself out there because they think that your, you know, the employer is going to think that they're looking for a job. If suddenly they update their their profile or do things like that, but we'll probably get into more of that as we go through the, the discussion in terms of how do you really uh, leverage it in a way that is, um, you know, that that might help somebody who's in that kind of position. When you know, when you talked about. Starting from now, and not necessarily when you're at the point where you're like, okay, now I really need to find um, find the next opportunity. So yeah, I'm excited to get into more of that discussion as well. But first, listener, what I love about even just talking with you—it's been what like 15 minutes now—but I can really hear that passion in your voice. And I'm just curious about, you know, where does that where does that um, th- that intense passion and that love for what you do come from? Oh,
1: that's deep rooted. Um, after working for the big corporations, you know, the, the Fortune 100s and the, and the Global 500s for so many years, and, and now stepping out of that and working with some of my small business owners, some of my – and some are solo entrepreneurs like you and I are now. I mean, some, some are out there by themselves running a the business. I just see them struggling with so many basic things. And my heart just goes out to them. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as time management or where do I spend my money or, or actually where do I spend my time. And, I, you know, I, I just see them struggling all the time with how do I balance everything. And so when I saw LinkedIn, I think I mentioned before, it's, it's really a free website. And as I was working with my business owners, they were considering spending five, ten, twenty thousand dollars for a website back in two thousand and eight. Now some of the prices have come down, sometimes they haven't, depending on what you add to the websites, but I thought of how LinkedIn is a free way to leveling the playing field. For example, if you're a small business owner, just solo entrepreneur like any of us you can put yourself out there not only as your LinkedIn profile, but also your company page, and you can look as good as General Motors, American Airlines, you name it. It's 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 leveling that playing field for anyone to go out there and market their business and get online. So that's why I I'm just so passionate about trying to get the word out because so many are – either naive about LinkedIn, haven't heard about it, or some are even fearful of, like you said, going out on the Internet, putting too much out there. But mm-hmm. I think of it as here's a way to get not only yourself, your business, but also your employees to be proactively putting out your business out there. And and if you're in your career Right now, and thinking about transitioning out, what do you do after you've, let's say, semi-retired? What, what's your next step? So it's another way to think about how do you build that network and bring them in. So yes, I I'm totally all about helping small businesses compete with the big, the big dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I love it, and one of the things that uh, you know that is really important to realize about LinkedIn is what you just mentioned about leveling the playing field because really it is a platform that you can leverage at such a high level the same way as like you said the General Motors or any of the other companies can, and that is the environment that is the space where the people that you want you know to have their eyes on your on what you're doing in your company and your business or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, that's where those people are hanging out. Like you said, the 96% of recruiters. And one of the things that was really interesting in my uh, my own personal experience as I moved into being a business owner was um, I not only did it help me with my uh, you know with growing my business and a lot of my clients have actually come. probably over 90% of my clients have found me through LinkedIn, which has been just incredible because it's free for me. I mean I don't pay anything for it, and like you said, it's like my, you know, it's like a, my own website, my own page where I can um, put, kind of put out more information and tell people what I'm all about. But the part that i didn 't expect was that I was you know I was getting contacted by people in the media and I was getting contacted by producers who are looking to do documentaries you know things like that things that we don 't even think about necessarily, but all of those people are on LinkedIn looking for um, the right people and somebody you know who would be the right fit and they 're going onto LinkedIn to look and see okay where do I find these people that i um, that i 'm interested in so yeah i mean there's just so many so many other ways as well that um, you can leverage LinkedIn, not just for potential clients, but for other, visi- you know, other levels of visibility also.
1: Oh, yes, excellent. I, I have a couple of clients that just went from being Dallas specific to global overnight. I have one client that mm-hmm. went from zero employees to 18 overnight. I ha- Well, within a few weeks. But I have another one that... Um, got, in her inbox in LinkedIn, got a request from a TV producer and now her businesses just went crazy. I mean, just incredible. So you never know who's looking for you beyond the boundaries of you know your geography or what you're thinking of. I mean, I can't even tell you how many countries now I'm connected with because people from all over the world connect with me. So it's it's amazing, and I always ask. I'm always curious as to how you know me or how you met me, just like I did when, when you sent me that email. It was like, uh, how did we meet? And you told me, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things of you can go global so quick and so fast on LinkedIn versus if you're trying to just do normal advertising, it, you'll just never get there.
0: Absolutely, and one of the things I love that you mentioned earlier as well is being more forward-thinking. So you might not necessarily want to leverage LinkedIn right now in all of those different ways. But, you know, and some of our listeners may not even be on LinkedIn right now. Um, So one of the things I wanted to ask you is, and we already talked quite a bit about this, but can you talk or elaborate a little bit more about the importance uh, for someone who maybe isn't on LinkedIn but is thinking or is kind of questioning and thinking, okay, should I really be doing this right now? I'm not in a place where I'm actively maybe looking for a job or looking to grow my business or whatever it is. So can you talk a little bit about that, Lucinda?
1: Sure. Um, First of all, if they're not on LinkedIn, they should at least get on there and check it out and get comfortable with it. Um, A basic beginner first step is to load your resume on there. Everybody typically moves that direction. Um, Longer term, people recognize that that's just a resume and they'll look for more. But it's, it's a it's almost like a culture. It's almost like a community. And so what you want to do is you want to get on there, you want to experience different interactions, like whether it be inbox, outbox, uh, joining groups. I mean, there's, even if you're, in a, you're comfortable in your career right now, let's say you're in, uh, pick, a, pick an industry, oil and gas. If you're in oil and gas, then join some oil and gas groups and it's very educational to learn you know, conversations in groups about you know, why is this the way it is, what are the latest regulations, why is this changing, who's proposing to change it. You know, any of the groups have great conversations, and you can learn so much. You can put out your own questions. Um, it's, it's good to learn now, early, before you actually need to use it, and it's it's a good way to get your name out there. If people see you actively, let, like let's say you're in a pharmaceuticals group or something, and you see that you're posting questions, whether it be questions or answering others' questions, people start to see you as a leader, and they start to recognize your name. So you never know when that next, let's say, job offer comes in your inbox, or that offer to be a speaker, or that offer to co-lead something that's starting you know, some new initiative, it's, you just never know where the opportunities are going to be. And so it's good to start early and not wait until you're in that panic mode of, I've got to find a job. I've got to find a job yesterday. You know? So it's, it's always good to learn how to interact on LinkedIn because it's definitely not like Facebook. And it's definitely not like Twitter. Like when somebody joins LinkedIn and they've had a past with Facebook or Twitter, you can recognize them in a minute. And let me just say that that culture is different. It's not expected on LinkedIn. And so some behaviors on each of those can actually repel some of those that have connected to you. And they may disconnect from you because of that. So um, word of caution is go ahead and get on LinkedIn, experience some things, learn how things work and get comfortable with it before you need it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are all really great points and I love that you mentioned the groups as well because that's a good way for you to learn more about, like you said, your industry and get in in touch with other people and other thought leaders in your industry. So even if you don't want to necessarily change jobs or leave your company or whatever it is. It still helps to really, you know, uh, help to move your career forward in in that way. And one of the other things that came to mind is, and this is a way that my clients leverage LinkedIn, is to actually find mentors. So find somebody in a company that you're interested in, or uh, you know, somebody that you admire in your field, whether that's through their posts in a group or you know, their profile or whatever it is. If there's somebody that you really aspire to um, to get to that type of position, reach out to them. LinkedIn is a great platform to be able to um, you know, leverage in that way to, link, uh, to um, connect with people who you admire who can maybe help you take your career to the next level. Um, and there's several ways of, of doing that as well.
1: Oh, definitely. I even have a LinkedIn group out there just for internships. So when college kids are coming through their final years and they're looking for internships, we put together a group out there just so that we can post the interns, or on the opposite side, the businesses can post what they're looking for for a foreign intern. So it's a great way to hook up internships and mentorships, and some of them are lifelong.
0: Absolutely, and then one other thing that i um, that has happened for me as well is getting invited to events like somebody from um, Microsoft uh, from the HR department at Microsoft contacted me just by looking at my LinkedIn profile and invited me to a Microsoft event here in the dallas area and that 's not not even something that I was thinking about or anything like that, but they just just by my profile um, contacted me and I was able to you know to attend. Um, kind of an invitation-only type of event that way. So you just never know where that next opportunity could be. It doesn't even matter whether you're looking for something or not, but um, at the end of the day, we're all looking to grow, you know, either in our current career or look for some, some other career where we can really be the best that we can be, and LinkedIn can help. I mean, just it doesn't even matter which stage you're at. Uh, LinkedIn can really help in all of those areas. That's true, um, very true. So, listen, speaking of which, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about a maybe a small business owner, for example, because I think small business owners um, at this point – I mean, I know it's growing really rapidly on LinkedIn, but initially um, it wasn't thought of as a place where small business uh, business owners could go – to necessarily, you know, like leverage or grow their their business. So um, for that group of people, uh, let's talk about what, you know, how they can really leverage LinkedIn. Why is it so important for them to be on LinkedIn and maybe some of those opportunities that are out there for them?
1: Well, first of all, um, if a business owner is taking a look at, you know, each year they, they put together the budget and they think about where are they going to invest their dollars, right? So, marketing and advertising areas like paper, you know, whether it be yellow pages, white pages, uh, we've got billboards, we've got TV, radio, y- you name it. We've got various different places we can advertise the old-fashioned way. And then we have on the Internet, we've got Google Places, we've got a variety of Internet websites, etc., many of which are still free. And so, If you think about a small business owner with a tiny budget, or at least a small budget, and you think about, I could spend it either over here on postcards and brochures and whatever else paper-oriented materials, and direct mailing, and, and, and even emailing costs money too. regardless of how I spend my money, I probably have some kind of administrative overhead cost on top of all of that, versus over on the Internet in this digital age, we can basically use a lot of things for free and reach a huge universe. And so what I like to tell people is if you've made it across, that understanding of paper versus digital, and you understand how inexpensive digital is versus the paper, then when you get over the digital, then if you segregate out LinkedIn from the others, and if you're B2B, LinkedIn is undoubtedly the best place for you to market and put out your marketing and sales materials it gets to your followers it gets to anyone who is connected with you and i still i still propose everyone learning the free first i i still teach all about the free because I, when i meet somebody who is paying for the premium i actually ask them why why are you paying and at, at the time of this show it's 89.95 per month i'm like why have you not discovered how to do it for free so there's that aspect to it but getting back to why LinkedIn versus any of the others, if you're B2B, it's absolutely number one. First, the demographics are outstanding. The average demographics of the LinkedIn members are over 100,000K per year, so not bad if you're trying to sell to them, right? Um, Secondly, it's the number one professional network. So if you're not on it, Oftentimes, bids or proposals or whatever is disqualified, just like resumes. If you send off a resume to somebody and they check you out, if you're not on LinkedIn, you're automatically disqualified. It's just like a typo. Versus going back to the business owner, if you are out on LinkedIn and you've got a great presence, you look good, you can increase your attraction rate anywhere from 44% to 700%. And this is a statistic that's just come out of a new study done um, this past year by LinkedIn and a third party. And if you think about increasing your attraction rate from 44% to 700%, you say, wow, what do I have to do? You can't do Mm -hmm. that on any of these other marketing channels or platforms. So the question is, what do I have to do to get there? That's awesome. At least you know the potential for getting there.
0: Absolutely. Oh, and I've and seen that one. firsthand with, you know, getting clients for my business and leveraging it in, in so many different ways. And I haven't spent any money. I haven't used LinkedIn ads. I haven't done anything um, other than just put out my profile and, and post articles. And that's really how a lot of people have found me. So, yeah, that's it really is fantastic. So listen, it looks like we have well, a caller that's been actually patiently on hold. So if you don't mind, I'm going to switch over to the caller, and uh, we'll get okay. right back into the discussion. Okay, All so right, good. we have someone from the 571 area code, so I'm going to unmute you. And if you wouldn't mind turning down the volume on your computer, making sure the volume is off, and then if you can tell me your name and where you're calling from, and then your question or your comment. Hi, there. Hi, can you hear me? This is someone from the 571 area code. Are you on the line? Okay, we may have lost that caller. All right, um, so, Lucinda, thank you so much again for sharing all of that uh, valuable information. I think it's very clear right now just how, value, you know, how uh, valuable LinkedIn is for not just um people in the working world and professional uh, people, but also for small business owners. Um, so let me ask you this. If someone is trying to advance their career or break through that glass ceiling like you talked about earlier, what advice would you suggest for them?
1: As, as far as on LinkedIn, how to improve their presence and build the relationships. And whatever you do, don't sit back passively. In other words, a lot of people are on LinkedIn and they think once they've loaded that resume that they're done. Or they sit back and they just let the invites roll in and I, you know you can see it in a coffee shop. You walk in and you see everybody with their smartphones out and you see them just connect, 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 right? Whatever you do, don't do that. That is just being in the norm. And if you want to be on LinkedIn and you want to be successful, you want to step out ahead of the others. And so I have several that have said, oh, yeah, I just sit there and when I see all those invites coming in, I just hit the accept, 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 accept button. Well, guess what? That's not standing out and being different. And on LinkedIn, it takes, on average, When somebody searches for something, let's say they're searching for a professional to do something for them, it takes six to seven seconds for them to scroll down all the list of names and pick somebody that they're going to click on, open up, and read about. And then once they do that, guess what? You still only have another six to seven seconds to make an impression and make them want to connect with you. So you have to do something to make you stand out. So in my words, I would say sit back and think about what makes you different, what's your objective of being on there, and what's your strategy. Don't be passive.
0: Great advice. So let's talk a little bit about that strategy, Lucinda. When you say think about your strategy, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, for example, some people will sit back and just let the invitations come in and and some people when i talk about the networking strategy for example that's more than a 30 40 minute conversation it's not a quick little five second answer but some people just accept anyone who sends them an invitation and i'm like why now sales people tend to be that way because They're ready to sell anything to anybody, anytime, anywhere, right? (laughs) So a salesperson (laughs) might have that type of strategy. There are pros and cons to that type of strategy. We call them LIONS, which stands for LinkedIn Online Networkers. And it basically means anyone that sends them an invitation, they'll accept anywhere, anytime. At the opposite end of the spectrum are the very closed networkers. And they will only connect with somebody that they know really 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 well and they're sure will not steal their connections, will not rampage through looking for things and use it against them. And and then there's also the ones at that end of the spectrum that are afraid of identity theft or something like that. So all the way in between the two spectrums, whether it be a lion, which will connect with anyone, anywhere, anytime, all the way to the ones that are real protective, there's varying degrees of networking strategies. And so each person needs to, one, understand what their options are and think through, based on certain scenarios, if this happens, what's my response? Once you get it nailed, then you know how to build your network. Until, If you're just out there rambling and and randomly accepting invites, you have no strategy. So at the end of the day, if you have no strategy, at the end of the day, you're going to have a network that's partially useful maybe. I don't know. Versus if you've got a strategy and you know that you're going after, like, for example, I, if I was going after the Fortune 100 companies and I know exactly what title I'm going after and exactly what level of the company, how many employees they have to have, I'm probably more likely, with my strategy, going to get somewhere in, a, you know, let's say, X amount of time, six months, compared to that person that's just sitting there accepting invitations if I just sat and accepted invitations all day, I probably wouldn't, I, I wouldn't reach any milestones because I'd be busy accepting invitations. So the reason why I say you need a strategy is first you need to know how to market yourself with that strategy. And then two, you need to know where do you want to go with LinkedIn? What, what benefits do you want out of LinkedIn? And then other things start uh, falling into place once you know where you want to go, then it starts becoming clearer how to use the different components. Because LinkedIn has over 345 components. And actually, I probably need to update that number since they've added some new features in the last six months. But until you know what your strategy is, you're kind of, let's just say you're floundering out there on LinkedIn. And at best case, you're probably frustrated because you're not seeing any ROI. You've heard others getting return on their invested time, but you're not seeing anything, it's because you haven't figured it out yet. Once you get smarter about figuring out all the components, all of a sudden you start seeing a lot of benefits coming through. Like in the one of the surveys, thirty five percent came back and said that they've gained business on LinkedIn. And the numbers are even higher for those that are job seekers looking for a job. I have in fact, I have a client, I think he's gotten his fifth job in a row on LinkedIn. So there's lots of benefits.
0: You just have to know how to work it. Absolutely. So I'm just curious about that. You mentioned the the lion, like in the open networkers. I'm curious what would be an, a disadvantage of being one of those open connectors where you do, you know, accept invitations from just about anyone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So
1: picture –
0: on average, a
1: person, not, let's say prior to LinkedIn, back in their old Rolodex days, on average, a person typically has about 200 connections. All right, so now move the time forward. We're on LinkedIn and everything's digital and LinkedIn will keep track of your connections for you and you can just simply search and look and pull them up and it's a piece of cake. Well, that's true. Most people are are approaching more than 200. Let's just say that. I, I believe it's closer to 500. But the other thing is, is think of a person that has, on LinkedIn, 30,000. When they hit that button and they're trying to search their connections, if they've got 30,000 first-tier connections, first of all, when they hit that button to search, how long does it take? Two is when they're searching the 30,000, the first-tier connections come up first, so will they never see second tier and third tier? That's going to fall off the screen unless they're premium. And then last but not least, if they're hitting that maximum on the maximum number of connections you can have, then if somebody really good sends them an invitation, they have to scroll through that 30,000 and pick out, who am I going to eliminate? Who am I going to unconnected right. with so I can accept this really good one so there's overall the bigger picture is there's a lot of maintenance um and the other thing is, is I personally am big on reputation management if someone were to come to me and ask Lucinda I see whatever Jim Smith in your series of connections would you please introduce me then I would want to be able to say, yes, I know Jim. I met him in you know, 2004 at a conference, and this is how we know each other, or whatever. And I'd be willing, most likely, to introduce them. Well, if you're doing that with a lion, they're not going to know all 30,000 they're connected to. They're going to come back, and either, one, they're going to ignore you, or, two, they're going to come back and say, I have no clue who that person is. And so in that mm. sense, yes, they have a huge network. And um, I do teach the benefits of being a lion, but those are the disadvantages of being a lion is that once they have grown to 30,000 and all 30,000 of those people are publishing articles and posting and, and joining groups and doing all the activities, their homepage is just so overwhelming that the chances, even if you're connected to a lion, of that lion seeing what you're doing no to none.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. right. right. Those are such great points, and so things that we don't necessarily think about. I know me personally, I, I didn't even realize that you know there's so much uh, more to think about when it, when it comes to making the decision of who do you want to include in your network. And listen, it looks like our 571 uh, caller has called back in, so I'm going to switch back over, and hopefully I can get this person on the line. So give me one second, and I will be right back. Okay, Good. Hi there, this is Sharissa. Who's on the line? Hi, can you hear me? This is someone from a 571 area code. Hello? Oh no, it looks like they either dropped off or maybe they can't hear us. Okay. So, actually, I want to take a little bit of a break, Lucinda, and we're going to switch gears for just a moment. And I want to take this opportunity to let our listeners know that this show, Leveraging LinkedIn, is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen on any device. If you sign up at our URL, audibletrial.com, Life Coach Radio. You get one free audiobook and a month free trial of the service. And we really appreciate your support. Um, and again, that number to call if you have any questions or comments is six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. So listen, I want to go back to what you, we were talking about a little bit earlier about the the size of your network. Like you've talked about you know, the disadvantages of being a lion and just including everybody into your network. But I'm just curious about is there any good rule of thumb as far as what is a good size of network to have?
1: Well, for one thing, if you're less than 50, it's a real big indicator that you're a beginner or a newbie, as we might call So. Less than 50 is definitely something that you want to get past real quick. Um, Once you get up to about 200, you're, you're pretty credible, looks good. Once you hit 500, LinkedIn will just mark you as 500 plus on the main screen. For those of us who know how to work around LinkedIn, we can actually find out how many true connections you have, and it's no longer just the 500 plus. But I would say that if you are in business, if you are a uh, professional, then you do need to start moving towards that 500 number. Um, when you're when you're down less than 200, people don't take you seriously. They may not connect with you. Like for example, you know, you and I talked about getting offers for either like you made me an offer for a radio show or. I've got offers for a TV show out there. I've got several different offers sitting in the queue right now. If I wasn't above 500, they would probably assume, well, she's not that credible to, you know, invite to a TV show or a radio show. And for the listeners, it's it's not about a radio show or a TV show. It's how credible are they in building a network on LinkedIn so that you look like you know what you're doing on there you've built up a presence that people say, wow, look at that profile, or wow, look at that experience, look at what this person has. I need to reach out to them and learn a little bit more about them or their product or their service. And um, I just think that 200 is the minimum that I would go for. Now, there's exceptions. For example, I teach MBA students all the time, and they're not going to have 200 by the time they graduate. So there is, there are exceptions to the rule.
0: Okay, and that makes sense. It would depend on where you are, and of course, with people looking at your profile, that will also tell them. So, for example, if you are a student and you have, you, you don't have the 500 plus, then you know that's, that's kind of, um, that's not necessarily a, a bad thing because, of course, you are still in the process of building your network at that point. Right. Right. So let's talk about the, the profile uh, for a moment. Is there anything that you can uh, share with us, Lucinda, as far as what makes a really good profile, whether you're a small business owner or even if you're just a, a professional and, and want to get out there on LinkedIn?
1: The very first thing is I, I in class I teach that there are five main areas of the profile that really stand out and really build attraction. Now, there's lots of others, but... The first thing is when people are searching and so they're scrolling through the return of their search, whatever they've searched for, the first thing they see is that picture. And that picture has got to be professional. I mean, this is not a place for you to put, you know, your Facebook page of your puppy or your your new sailboat or your motorcycle or whatever it is. This has got to be something that's professional Something where it's clear, you can see your face, you can see your eyes, and you know that person's genuine. And then the second thing is right next to the picture, to the right, is of course your name, but it's also your, It's called a headline. And the reason why it's called a headline is it's a headline. It is not your title. If someone puts in there, President of XYZ Company, that doesn't tell you what they do. It doesn't tell you what an X, Y, Z is, what kind of gadget or manufacturing or oil and gas or telecommunication, you know, just putting in there your title and a name that doesn't have brand recognition like, you know, Rolodex or, or, you know, Frito-Lay or something like, you know, if it doesn't have a big name recommendation, people aren't going to know what it is and they're not going to click on you. Instead, you want to put in there, what is it that you do? What would attract somebody? Tell them, you know, we're number one in selling graphics or, or graphic design or, or, you know, we're, we're you know, in the top ten recognized in the country for website designs or SEO. Or You know, in other words, put something that's going to grab their attention and make them want to click on you. Then once they click on your profile, the next, the third biggest area is summary. And I can't tell you how many times I open up a profile and the summary is either not there or it's like maybe one or two sentences. And there's nothing like opening it up and finding nothing, right? So pretty much you close it up and you move on to the next person. And that's exactly what a recruiter is going to do. That's exactly what your next prospect that you just lost is going to do. So you've got to put something in there that will grab their attention and hold on to it and make them want to take that next step with you.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I think a lot of times also people are a little bit hesitant of putting their accolades and things like that out there. But really LinkedIn is a place to do that. I mean if you really want to get noticed, if you want to get that attention in the you know, the six or seven seconds, I mean that's obviously not a whole lot of time. But that's really where you wanna do it. As soon as they land on your page, in that headline, in that summary, you really want to be able to capture their attention and give them the you know, those those golden nuggets of information about you that's really gonna keep their attention like you mentioned. Those are really great Correct. tips. So let's Correct. talk about I mean, the, you're building your network. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that's your chance
1: to put out there what is your differentiators. You know, that's that's putting it all out there. What's the differentiators that will help them make a decision for picking you?
0: Absolutely, and I I've seen. An incredible increase in the level of engagement when I paid attention to that when i even just the headline itself um you know there was so much more engagement uh, with on my profile and all of that once i uh, once i got got that right and then also the the summary as well so yeah i I absolutely am such a big um advocate for what you're you're teaching because it is it does make all the difference in the world mhm mhm. So let's talk about the building your network. So once you have this profile and you have it set up and now you're, you're in the space where you're like, okay, so I have this set up and now I need, I need eyes on it, right? I need the right people to be able to connect with and to see what I have to offer. So what is the fastest way to build a network, whether that's for a small business owner or for a, um, you know, a working person, a professional that's in the corporate world maybe? Okay, so your question is what's the fastest way? Right to build is that
1: right? network. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's here's two of the fastest ways. Although I'll couch it up front that I don't prescribe to them unless there's a really good reason. But the fastest way to build your network, one, is to go connect with lions. You know, just go up to LinkedIn, search on L I O N, and they'll come up, and then you can decide who you want to connect to. Send them an invite. And the definition of a lion is they will always accept your connection or your invitation, rather. So that's the fastest way. Second thing is, is um, you can also go out and Google lions, just out in Google or Bing or any of those search engines, and there's a whole website where you can go through a list of lions and go send your invites to them. So that's two ways to get to lions. The third way, which I absolutely do not recommend, but it's a way and some salespeople like to do it, is oftentimes when you're first on LinkedIn and, and and oftentimes or let's just say when you're first on there they will prompt you. Throughout time they'll reprompt you but you'll be smart enough not to hit that button. But they'll prompt you and say, Oh, how would you like for LinkedIn to send an invitation to everyone in your, and they give you a choice of Hotmail, Gmail, Outlook, you know, a variety of email applications. So let's just assume for a second you have Gmail. And so it will say, how would you like for us to send an invitation, a LinkedIn invitation to all of your people in your Gmail address book? And at first thought you'll say, hmm, that sounds like a really great deal. They're going to send out, and let's say you've got 3,000. They're going to send out, LinkedIn will send out 3,000 invitations for me. I don't have to lift a finger. Let it happen. Nope, don't do that. Whatever you do, do not let LinkedIn send out all those invites. Here's the reason why. For example, we all know that we have emails in our address books for years and years, and some are obsolete, some are old. People aren't working at that business anymore. We may have some dead people in there. We may have e- e- emails that do- the domains aren't registered anymore. So net-net, when, when LinkedIn would go and send out to all those people, like as in a brute force, some of them are going to be invalid And so what you've just done is wasted your invitations. In a lifetime on LinkedIn, you only get 3,000. So if you have 3,000 addresses in your Gmail address book, guess what? If LinkedIn sends it, you're out of invitations for life. So I never, ever recommend doing that. And I always in my classes, I teach right up in the first class, here are some, I call them gotchas that you don't want to do on LinkedIn. Sounds like a good idea up front, but it's a really bad idea. (laughs) So, yes, those are two fast ways to grow your network that I don't recommend. What I do recommend, though, is joining groups and getting involved in groups. Also, posting is a great idea. You get lots of followers when you post, as long as it's good articles.
0: Absolutely, and I think I've probably got the, most, the highest level of engagement from those articles that I posted, for sure. So that, that's really great advice. And one thing I did not know is that you have that 3,000 cap, you know, on the, the number of invitations. I didn't realize that. That's really good to know. Um, so, that you, you know, we do need to be selective in who we send those invitations to. True. Okay, so, listen, what are the top three mistakes? And we've already mentioned uh, a few of them, but what are some of the the top three to five mistakes that people make on LinkedIn so that we can avoid those? The first one is just
1: barely being on LinkedIn. It's I call this like dipping your toe in the pool to test the water. Some people just barely get on there. Like they've gotten an invitation from some friend of theirs or some colleague from work or something and they accept it but then they don't do anything with it and so if you're just barely on there and then other people come through and look at you, they know you're just barely on there It's they, they realize well you're a beginner and they'll move on most people don't want to connect with beginners they want to know that when they send that invite, the person at the other end knows what to do with it so that's one of the mistakes. The 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 other two are sort of linked together, and that's and I see this a lot with the younger millennials, but it's anyone that's addicted to their smartphone. The mobile app, the LinkedIn mobile app on the smartphone, only has about 35% of the capability of what you have on your PC, and so on your mobile app, most people just hit connect when LinkedIn suggests who you should connect to. And that's not the appropriate way to connect on LinkedIn. Then likewise, the I sort of call it the sister of that scenario, is all of the accepts that come in. And you just hit accept, accept, accept. You know, those are the, the people sending you invitations. And so on the smartphone or mobile device, people tend to just hit the buttons. And so it's there's, there's no communication. There's no interaction. There's no, why should I connect with you? There's no explaining of how I know you, and this is why I'd like for you to connect. And so it's sort of just, if you're building numbers, it works great. But if you're sending to someone who's really skeptical about building their network, they're probably just going to ignore you. And if you get five ignores in a row, ignores is in, I don't know you, or I don't want to connect with you, then the penalty starts adding up on the LinkedIn side. It used to be five, I don't know you's, and you'd be put in the penalty box. Now the number is gray. It's not announced or released to anybody. So all of us LinkedIn gurus are trying to figure out what the new number is. But it's just that as a person adds up all those I don't know's against you, then you're going to start to be monitored and re- restrain from doing other things in LinkedIn.
0: Okay. Well that's really good to know. So on the flip side of that, Lucinda, what are the top three to five best practices on LinkedIn? So if we do want to grow that network, um how do we, you know, how do we go about doing that? What's the best things to do?
1: Um pretty much uh, like I said before, the really good professional photo uh putting together a headline that grabs attention that makes them want to click on the profile and look inside, and then a robust enough uh, profile so that it looks credible and definitely doesn't look like a resume. For example, it should be your marketing message. And and I, I say your marketing message. I'm talking about you being in your career, in your position, comfortable with where you're at, It still needs to be selling yourself to that next level or selling yourself into that next position or the next job or whatever. So it's playing it forward. Um, It should not read like a history of what you've done all the way back to the dinosaur days, which nobody cares about. It should be repackaging whatever that is so that it does play forward. Um, A good example is, You know, like in my past, you know, used to be a DBA back in dinosaur years. (laughs) I'll never do DBA work again in my life. But repackage it and talk about the benefits of things that would play forward, you know, like delivered projects on time, under budget, planned a two-year horizon, delivered early, you know, whatever those other things are that you can re- Package it in something positive that would play it forward to your next position.
0: Oh, that is really great advice because then that doesn't feel like you're just throwing away those years that you spent on a, you know, on a job or position that you didn't necessarily love. But it's like you said, you still have valuable um, experience from that that you can then leverage to help you get into a position that you do really want. So yeah, that's great advice. Right.
1: Right, right. And one of the
0: other things that I want to mention here is the recommendations because that's something that has worked really, really well for me as well, where people like my clients or even people that I've worked with in the corporate world have given me a recommendations on my profile, and I think that carries a whole lot of weight um, as well. If we can you know, get recommendations from people that we've worked with or clients, that really helps our profile. What has been your experience with I, that? Lisa?
1: Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, for job seekers, if they have recommendations, and this is the full recommendation. This is the paragraph write-up from somebody, right? Not not the endorsements, not to be confused with the endorsements, which is just a right. one- or two-word skill, but this is a real recommendation. Um, they have a 200 to 500 to 1 odds of getting a job. In other words, a person with recommendations has – 200 to 500 times better chance of getting a job than a person who doesn't have any recommendations. So that's on the job seeker side. And I'm sure there's some numbers on the business development side. I just don't know what – they just haven't been captured yet to know what they are. But if they're that great for a job seeker, they've got to be just as great on the other side. Now, for myself, I have actually gotten – Uh, As I submit proposals, I have actually gotten feedback that they've selected me because of what was said in the recommendations. And so, and I really, I, I had no idea that they were that strong. And so now, with every proposal I submit, I always put in the appendix, please see recommendations on my profile. Getting winning jobs in the past on it.
0: Oh, that is such a great idea. That is really a great, and one of the things that I've also incorporated into into my business is actually asking for recommendations. Because sometimes we don't, you know, we don't think about it. And if somebody gives us a recommendation, it's like, oh, that's great. But what I've actually been doing now is asking my my clients and being proactive about it. Because you can, there's a way on LinkedIn where you can send them a request for a recommendation um, as well. I believe, right? So th- there's another way that um, you, you can do that as well. Like if somebody, or maybe even they send you an email, for example. And this is something that I've done. So my clients will typically send me an email and say, oh, you know, this it's been such a fantastic experience and all of that. And then I'll take that a step further and say, would you mind, I can send you a recommendation request on LinkedIn, would you mind just copying and pasting this into LinkedIn? So that's another way that I've been more proactive at getting those recommendations. Maybe our listeners can use that as well.
1: Oh, yes. Excellent idea. Yes, yes. And, and I tell all the beginners that you need at least three just to reach the norm. You need at least five to stand out above the rest. And in order to get five, you really need to think about ten to request because you never know how long it's going to take for someone to respond, how long it's going to take for them to think of something to say. Um, They may not be familiar with LinkedIn and how recommendations work, etc., etc. There's a lot of reasons why, even if you ask for ten, that you may at first only get three back. And over time, you know, you'll get more. But I always recommend that they strive for 10 up front.
0: Absolutely. And one of the things that I wanted to mention as well that I think is a really nice feature on LinkedIn is that you don't have to, you know, it's not like when they send you a recommendation, it automatically gets posted. You have the ability to review it and ask them for changes as well, which is really, I think, is is such a great feature because that takes the, you know, you don't have to sit there wondering, oh, my goodness, what are they going to put it automatically onto my profile and I don't have any control over it. So that's really nice. I like that.
1: That's right. And since your name is Sharissa and mine's Lucinda, those are kind of two, let's just say, different names. Mine is always misspelled. So it is a great feature of LinkedIn to let us be able to reply back to them and say, oh, um, excuse me, you have a typo. Could you fix this? (laughs) And then I'll be glad to post it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So, listener, if somebody wants help or needs help in any of these areas that we talked about um, this evening, what would you suggest? So, for example, in the online presence, leveraging the network, having you know a strategy, those kinds of things.
1: Well, the first thing I would suggest, and and the the least expensive route to go is to sign up for some training. There's training offered everywhere, so. I mean, from online to face-to-face to to whatever. So that's the absolute least expensive. Um, I used to say buy a book, but I don't say that anymore because pretty much, because LinkedIn changes so frequently, like every 30 to 60 days, new features are coming out. So by the time a book gets published, there's going to be something obsolete in it. And over time, it's going to obsolete anymore. So I've kind of given up on that. But... Um, training is a great thing to go for. The other thing is, you know, you can always call a LinkedIn expert, ask for one-on-one consulting. You can invite them in for helping, you know, your whole department or one-on-one just with you or whatever. There's um, several different companies that teach LinkedIn. Then the other thing, the thing that probably I've cornered the market on is what I call the LinkedIn scorecard. And I can do it both giving a score on your entire profile or your company's profile or let's say that you're on a team of um, business owner and, and maybe salespeople and marketing and sales and all that in your company, I'll do the whole team. So they'll individually get a scorecard and then we'll also put together one that shows a consolidated one across the team so you know where you rank with your fellow teammates. It's anonymous, so they won't know who's around them on each side. But there's a simple scoring of red, yellow, green, and it's real simple. Green means out of the 60-some categories, you're good to go, you look good. Yellow is, hmm, let's talk about this opportunity. There may be some more here that you haven't thought about putting on your profile or adding, Um, and it might be as simple as, you know, somewhere in here you've got the word CPA, but you don't have CPA in your skills. Why not? Or well, you've got CPA somewhere in your title, and you don't have it down in your certifications or in your courses at school. So it's, sometimes the yellow is simple things. Sometimes it's an idea of here's what I think should be there, but I don't see it for you. And then the reds are flat out you've got a violation. You're doing something against the LinkedIn uh, agreement, the license that you signed when you signed up for your account, which, of course, nobody reads, um, or you flat out have an omission. Uh, I had a author come to me, and I reworked her LinkedIn profile for her, and I said, one of the obvious reds on here is, you're an author. How many books have you written? Eight. Well, where are they? What's the titles? What do they look like? And so those are examples of things that are red. And so I can either do that for a single person, or a company, or a whole team, etc. Um, other sources of getting help is obviously LinkedIn. They've got the help center that you can go to. It's, it's getting better over time. Um, and then with their new capability of lynda.com, they've purchased lynda.com, there's starting to be some LinkedIn training on there too. So lots of choices. Of course, I'd love for people to... <laughs> Come and join me. I love to teach face-to-face. Um, I still enjoy it, even though I do a lot of webinars and all that. I still love the face-to-face time working with people.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Those are some really, really great um, options. And, in fact, I just saw an email today from um, Virgin Airlines where they are – they are. Um, Offering Linda as well on their flights, so I thought that was very interesting because I had seen that LinkedIn had had purchased, um, you know, Linda, and then I was I saw that today. I was like, oh, that's that's really interesting. One other way that you can get connected and plugged into that service. Um, so yeah, that's really really fun, and I love this idea of the LinkedIn Scorecard, Linda. I think that's such a valuable tool for people to just have a quick snapshot of okay, where am I now, and where do I need to be, and how do I how do I really leverage LinkedIn to the the best of my Ability. Um, I did actually have a quick question because I know on your LinkedIn profile to the right there's a profile strength, and I'm just curious about how that lines up with the the scorecard and the you know the red, uh, yellow and and green.
1: Oh, very good question. Okay, so on the upper right hand corner is the if you will the ball that as you get yeah. better at filling out your LinkedIn profile fills up and eventually you get to superstar level. So. Here's the way I describe it. I have several clients that got really excited thinking they were superstars, and then they came to me and I did a scorecard on them, and they were disappointed to learn that they were somewhere down the 60 or 70% ranks. And they're like, I thought I was a superstar. Wait a minute. Why is my score so low? The reason Mm -hmm. is is because on LinkedIn, that is a measure of number of fields filled out. It's not a measure of equality quality in those fields. So as oh. a beginner on LinkedIn, people just go through, LinkedIn prompts you to fill out something and you stuff something in there. You know, you, you copy from your resume and paste something in there. You don't really mm-hmm. strategically think about marketing yourself or whatever. And so you may have populated it with something, and that's how you make it to all-star on LinkedIn side, that doesn't mean you've built the attraction in for being on LinkedIn. And so that's where my scorecard is. uh, Granted, on the individual profile, I go through all 60 areas. It's slightly less areas on the company profile level. But it's a measure of not did they fill something in, did they put the right messaging in there? Or have they just... You know, put something old in there from their profile, like like I was given the example earlier about I would never put something online about being a DBA anymore because that's not where I want to go in my future. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would focus more on the things that will play forward in other areas, and so that's an example of quality instead of quantity. And so, yeah, I've had I've had some people come through and they get all excited about being all stars, and then they're really disappointed when they see their scorecard and then as we go through it they realize oh for every one of these reds and oh by the way i prioritize high medium low what to work on so and some of them sometimes are high high like you absolutely have to have a summary i mean there's no getting around about it and so i'll go through and actually prioritize which ones they should work on first to get the biggest attraction and get the biggest hits because If I haven't said it before, when you're inside LinkedIn, you can do searches. But also, LinkedIn is the only social media network out there that when you're outside of LinkedIn, like as in Google or Bing or one of those, when you're doing searches, all of that search engine capability is working on top of LinkedIn. So a good thing for you guys to check is go go do a search on yourself. Go out to Google. And search for yourself and see if you're coming up. And so the scorecard is not only looking at attraction rates and do you have something populated, but it's also looking at how does that have you come up higher than your competitors?
0: That is fantastic. So many great ways to to leverage the information on the scorecard. And I'm sure everyone is sitting there going, "How in the world do I get my scorecard?" <laughs> After all of the great information you shared. So how do they do that, uh, Listen? And also, if they're interested in working with you, you know, maybe coming to one of your workshops or um, or something like that, how can they get in touch with you as well? But also, if they want to right now, just get in touch with you for the scorecard. Is there a specific website? How do they do that?
1: Um, sure. And- www.linkforsuccess.com and so it's link l i n k f o r s u c c e s s.com so it's www.linkforsuccess.com and the schedule is always out there you can sign up for my newsletter etc my email address is a great way to reach out to me. So it's Lucinda, which is L-U-C-I-N-D-A. The last name is Rook, R-U-C-H, at linkforsuccess.com. So it's Lucinda Rook at linkforsuccess.com. Or simply pick a phone and call me at 972 370 Two,
0: three, eight, six. Thank and have you so much, Sylvia. Several... So okay. Sorry, go ahead. You wanted to add to that? Well,
1: uh, I was just going to say I have um, LinkedIn training classes going on all the time. I teach in a series, so you can read about it out there. So, and thank you for having me on the show.
0: Oh, no problem. This has been so valuable. I mean, I've been taking notes, and I know I certainly have things that I want to update on LinkedIn now. So thank you so much for your valuable information. I know our listeners got so much from this, and I'm sure they're going to be taking the next step and reaching out to you, if nothing else, just for the scorecard itself, because you've talked you know, quite a bit about that. And so I would highly recommend um, our listeners to go ahead and, and do something like that just to get an idea of where they are without you know, having to to question and try to figure things out on their own. So again, thank you so much, Lucinda. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners just in closing? Any any closing thoughts? Um, just that
1: if someone's got a challenge out there, there's nothing better that I love to do is to work on their challenge. So I work with business owners and, and helping with business development. I help with solo entrepreneurs. If there's something that you want to get done... <laughs> I love a challenge, so please feel free to reach out to me and and definitely feel free to um, send me an invite. If you send me an invite, tell me where you met me, which is on this radio show, and then I'll be glad to connect with you.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you for to the listeners for... Uh, listening in tonight as well. I'm just going to close with a quote that I found and actually has so much to do, I think, with the topic that we talked about today. And this quote is from Maya, and I hope I get her last name right. It's Dimishkovich, I think, Um, and she's a a brand expert. But she says that a strong brand can bring high returns while a poor online presence can hurt your chances of reaching your goals. And this spoke so well to this with some really great tips. So uh, thank you again, Lucinda, for your time. Thank you to everyone for listening in. And if anyone would like to reach out to me, you can contact me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at sharissa.sebastian.com. And my website is dot All my social media links can be found on that website. Also, in addition to that, Lucinda's information and my information can be found on the same page that you use to access the show. So, thank you all so much again. Thanks, Lucinda, and we look forward to—I look forward to having you back on the show at some point. All the best to you.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thanks, everyone. Bye.